Hey guys, welcome back to Brand New Techish. Quick note, this episode was recorded last week before the live show, but it is a brand new episode, so no worries there. Thank you to everybody that came out to the live show. It was a really, really enjoyable night, and it was great seeing the Techish fans in the flesh. Without further ado, here's Michael and Abadesi with Brand New Techish. Start with something a bit left field from the hip hop world. Go on, because I've been watching Rhythm and Flow. Flow, it's a good show, Netflix show with Ti, Cardi B, Chance the Rapper, basically like you know pop idol, American exactly. idol, but for finding Slash rap star. Factor, yeah, finding the next lyricist, rap genius. Right, I'm only one episode in. Full disclosure, and they had Nipsey Hussle in it as well. Man, rest in peace. He was he had a little cameo, like yeah, I the saw eerie. That. Gosh. Eerie, eerie. Anyways, gone. Um, but anyway, interesting post from the Huffington Post that you sent to me. Yeah. That rapper T.I. proudly admitted on a podcast this week that he takes his daughter to the gynecologist every year to ensure she's still a virgin. Are you going to do that? <laughs> of course not, man. Are you going to do that? But the thing is, a dude like T.I., I think... He's been he, to prison. He, it's not... <laughs> Listen, what's that got to do with anything? Because I'm saying maybe he's seen shit that he's now just like, no, I got to protect her man. from it. I feel like dudes like T.I. basically have, have... He's been about... Let's say that, right? Sexually, he's probably been about. So he just has horrible karma and probably treated women terribly. Right. So he's terrified that his daughter will probably meet somebody like him. Right. So he just has this... It's, it's horrible, man. It's really weird and it's borderline creepy. I mean, she's 18 years old. She's a grown woman, literally. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I mean, what I would you do if your pops did that? Uh, uh, I'd probably run away, honestly. <laughs> like, there's one thing to, like, feign your virginity for as long as possible, which, let's face it, most of our listeners have probably had to do with their family. Maybe even still are. I'm still a virgin mum. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I lost my virginity on my wedding night. Like, every, every good Nigerian and Filipino and Christian girl. Absolutely. Uh, but serious, in all seriousness, I feel like there have to be boundaries between parents and children and that is such an invasion of privacy I just don't think anyone's hymen should be inspected also what does that say about the trust in their relationship there's like some Mm. element of misogyny in that you know what I mean like if if he had a son I'm not sure what the medical equivalent would be but assuming (laughs) there was one would he also take his son to the doctor of to check not. it? Of course not, because a man is, you know, it's seen as a symbol of pride. How many, like, how early you start sleeping around, whereas Sexist. a woman, it's like, yo, you gotta make sure that you're virginal and, you know, you know, you, you're untouched and, and rare, rare, rare. So yeah, it definitely is like an element of just misogyny completely. And it's so weird how he was so abrasive with it. Like he didn't say it with any shame. I heard the clip. He was like, yeah, man, you know, this is what I do. I'm thinking to myself, fam, <laughs> like it's one thing to do something so heinous. It's another thing to do it and say it like, on a public platform. So you know what? I was talking to a friend of mine actually mm. um, on a separate but related point in, in that like there's a lot of celebrities that n- are now doing podcasts and I'm like to a certain Stop extent Stop stealing my competition. Well, no, I don't no, give no, a damn no. about that but f- you, you, first and foremost I'm also thinking is it even wise if you think about it like because you mm. make one misstatement on a podcast all of a sudden you destroyed, you destroyed your brand. Yeah, so it's like what's the why take that risk of, of going out there and, and speaking non-stop for hours at an end and risk losing everything. Like, to be honest, me and you, we don't have as much to lose as TI. We've got some things to lose. But at the end of the day, like, when you're already, you know, rich. Well, I guess you can make the argument that a rich person can just be like, I'm always going to be rich. So if you guys, it doesn't you matter, can't, yeah. you can't cancel me, right? I, 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 I totally hear what you're saying, though. You know, it, without putting a bit of thought and deliberation into the narratives they want to portray in the podcast studio, there is a risk they can do something that works against their brand. But I feel like someone like T.I., 
with all of the music that he's made and all of the experiences that he's done, I don't feel like this is off-brand for him. Right. And honestly, I feel like a lot of T.I.'s core fans... I agree. ...might agree with him. That's true. That's true. That's another thing. When you see things on Twitter bubbling up, oh my God, I can't believe this cancel culture. There is still large swaths of the population that are not on Twitter and I'm probably seeing that and thinking, yeah, that's what I'm doing too. If I could do that too, I would do that too. Mm. So maybe you're right. The kind of the threat of cancellation, and we talked about it last week, how it's, it's, it always ends up being BS because Kanye is thriving better than ever financially. So um, I don't know. But yeah, nah, T.I., man, that's, that's creepy. Do better. Fix up. While we, while we stick on that celebrity news, I wanted to get your views on uh, the new relationship status that's sweeping the millennial culture. Right. It's called self-partnered. What's that? So Emma Watson, who you might know as Hermione. Yeah, yeah. Harry, Harry Potter film Shout franchise. Harry Potter. Said in a recent Vogue interview that she's very happy being single. Right. And she calls it being self-partnered. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I think that is ridiculous because it's still within the paradigm of a relationship like if you're happy and single why would you need to even use the word like partnered partnered already like indicates like like you're you're in the ballpark and paradigm of a relationship whereas somebody who is just like i'm on myself i'm with myself i'm happy with myself you wouldn't even use the word partnered or self-partnered or even think of putting a label on it so i call bs on it um you know what it doesn't it doesn't beat my favorite new word which uh, is in the relationship paradigm which i heard i think last year micro cheating Microchip. Oh snap! Silicon Valley in the bedroom. <laughs> no, because you know, for example, like micro. So you, you, you're, you're familiar with race you, of people. <laughs> humanity throwing a pin. No, but hold on, listen to this though. Okay. I'll break it down to you. So you've heard of um, uh, microaggression. Microaggression, right? You've heard <laughs> yes. the concept of microaggression. Something that someone might say to you that mm. is aggressive, but it's not necessarily a physical form of aggression. It might be like, oh, like where are you from? Where are you really from? That's a microaggression, right? Mm. So micro-cheating is things where you haven't cheated on your partner, right? You haven't kissed somebody, had sex with somebody, slept with somebody. But if your partner was in the room, they wouldn't like it, right? So you might uh-huh. so you might talk to somebody for an hour and not bring up the fact that you're in a relationship, yeah. right? Or, you know, so many examples where you... Is that micro-cheating in your book? So, you know Because I have if, done if, a if, lot if, of that. If my, no, but I'm not saying that you have to bring it up in a, every situation forcefully. Okay. But, but what I'm saying, uh, but what I mean is... Let's say you could tell you're somebody le- is interested in you mm-hmm. and they're obviously putting like, you know, moves on you and you just entertain it. And you're just like, yeah, you know, whatever, right? Yeah. And we saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, you know, I'm just, out here. My hair. I'm just out here. I'm just out here. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 I'm, 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 I'm not attached. Right. So in that situation, you haven't cheated on anybody. Nothing Michael's happens. flirt game is <laughs> hilarious. I, I haven't been single in a long time. I haven't been single in a long time. Allow I'm me. Just out here. Yeah, I'm just go out go here. Go you know go what I'm saying? Go I'm doing my thing. Like, so hold on. When I heard that, me and my friends were like, no, nah, that's ridiculous. We laughed about it. But then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, like, to be honest, there is an element where there's a great area where before you cheat on somebody, there is many patterns of behaviors that you might do before mm. the actual act might happen. You might be on a dating app, you know, you might be on Bumble Biz, which isn't the Bumble business, like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you might just be like, let me just swipe on, like, I downloaded Bumble Biz, actually, pardon me, to actually check it out. And I was like, I'm deleting this because it's too datey. Same. Like, yeah, I was like, this is too datey. And if I stayed on this app, it would be like, to me, to me, it's micro cheating. So um, I prefer micro-cheating over self-partner, that's for damn sure. What's your favourite episode? Micro-cheating. This what are you is... adding to your lexicon? Quick, quicker. Self-partnering or micro-cheating? Uh, self-partnering. Self-partnering more than micro-cheating? Yeah. Oh, my days. Yeah. I feel like you're a micro Micro-cheating sounds <laughs> like rubbish. Micro-cheating sounds like it's just been invented by someone who like, needs a new excuse to pick a fight. As opposed to self-partnering. Partner. So far, it's not made up. Well, only, only, <laughs> I can see you. I'm self-partnered. Only Come in the context. On. On, conscious uncoupling. <laughs> That's worse, yeah. Uh, no, but only in the context of like self-partnering being this idea of like, 
I'm single, but I'm not actively looking. Like, right. I'm just in a space right now where I'm happy with who I am and, like, I'm not necessarily even sure, you know, I want to get married or, like, or maybe I'm not even sure what kind of relationship I want or, like, who I want that relationship to be with, etc. I feel like it indicates the fact that our sense of what a woman is, particularly in this context of Emma Watson, is evolving, and I think that is a healthy thing. Because, you know, she... Right. Yeah. There was this a time is- when if you were 30-year-old women, people were just like, oh, what are you going to do with your life? Always in the context of what relationship decision you're going to make. Right. So Don't boring. get twisted. That's with dudes as well. Like, now that I'm in my 30s, a lot of my male friends are getting hit. Like, yo, wh- where is she? Like, what are you doing? Are you in the closet? Like, and wow. that's a rock. Because it's like, yo, a lot of people start looking at you like- Seriously? Yeah, are, you, are you in the closet? Like, you know what I'm saying? Do you not like, you know what I'm saying? What What is your orientation? Because you haven't got no one right now. That's and you're so 33. awesome. What if you are in the closet? Exactly, but the people just—that's the kind of crazy questions people mm. want to ask. And listen, in African culture across the board, it's not—you know—I'm what I'm saying it, that's a question that it, that will come forth right. Well, what's wrong with you? That's like, so what's true. wrong with you? Like you know, what I'm saying. Um, I got called an old maid. <laughs> seriously? Yeah, by my dad. I Swear was so down. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> then you got married straight away. Is that what happened? We're like, yeah. then we gotta do something. Literally, yeah. The pressure was on. No, oh, I mean no, so, well, that wasn't the reason, but just to that point. Got you right. To clarify. So the other question on relationships. Um, is uh so recently Keanu Reeves came out and he was like uh he he brought out his partner and everyone I don't know no one really knew who Keanu Reeves was dating so he brought out somebody who was in their 40s um yes. she has like silver hair and everyone was like yeah go Keanu she's actually somebody who's in your age range wow speaking. Keanu Reeves clapping is, that yeah exactly low expectations because Keanu Reeves is like 55 and mm. his partner um is right in her mid to late 40s 46 46 right and but you got to remember they're comparing him to Leonardo DiCaprio who is consistently dating women in their early to mid 20s and mm-hmm. then as soon as they age out he drops them and gets another oh, young partner in, right mm. um what do you think do you think that's a problem like is it of a course. problem that that our large age gaps to you cause for concern large age gaps 20 year age gaps 30 year age gaps i'm gonna put it like this right if they're both consenting and of legal age as individuals to some degree, I don't really disagree with it. What I disagree with is the fact that it's acceptable, even expected, for men to be able to date women as young as they want. Right. As young as they want. Right. But there is no level of social acceptance mm-hmm. for the reverse of that. Quite if if I'm a 40-year-old woman and I start rocking around with my 20-year-old boyfriend, people are going to be like, oh, look at her. Oh, what's going on there? Oh, that's weird. Does he have a mommy problem? Mm. Does she have a baby problem? Blah, blah, blah. When it's the other way around, when there's a 40-year-old dude and a 20-year-old girl, people are like, oh my God, they're such a hot couple. Oh, he's still got it. What would you do, though, if you saw a, an elderly gentleman in his 60s with a, you know you know, a late 20s partner, you wouldn't look at him funny style. You wouldn't be like, Neh. I mean, to be honest, you're literally describing like my dad and oh, my stepmom. Yeah. Rah, like he has been in relationships with women who are like way younger than him. And I don't think it's like that unusual. I really it's don't It's very think. common, but as in, let's say. So yeah, it's outside, hard for me to judge it because I saw that. Right. So to you, it was kind of. But, but even now when I see it, I mean, I have friends who date, who date people who are significantly younger than them. And, it's only my guy friends. Like, I don't really have any female friends that have, like, been in long-term relationships with younger guys. But I have a lot of guy friends who've been in long-term relationships with younger girls. And I do think, you know, if I had to make broad strokes judgments about it, there's some kind of, like, patriarchal element at play. Yeah. Because it's just this... 
there's like a kind of like acceptance of the kind of like roles and like power dynamics that one should play. And right. like generally speaking, age does afford you experience and like maybe it also affords you more financial flexibility. And it's just likely to be the case that you might that. be... Financial flexibility, rich. Okay. <laughs> but you know, it just, it's probably going to be likely the case that if you are the older person in the relationship and you also happen to be the guy, you probably make more of the decisions in that relationship than the other person. Right. Broad strokes. So I was listening to a while ago, Mona Chalabi. She is like a data uh, journalist. Really cool. Check her out on Instagram. Oh, I love her, yeah. So she was basically railing against the fact that uh, men always seem to date younger women and it's never really the reverse. Agreed. So she was on a podcast and talking about it with a co-host who also happened to be a woman and the co-host kind of just cringed. She was like, but I don't want to date younger men. Like, I just don't like, I cringe at the the, sh- the sheer thought of it basically, right? Right. So I think we also have to be honest and say that a significant proportion on average, okay, I'm talking average. Sorry, here. but how old was the host? So the host, the host was in her 30s and okay. she was, Hold on, let me finish. She, was, yeah. she basically, they were talking about, okay, I'm not talking about large age gaps. I'm just talking about even a 30-year-old dating a 27-year-old and, and and vice versa. And she was like, I wouldn't be want, I wouldn't want to date somebody who was 27 just because she enjoys the fact that, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what it is. Honestly, I can't speak for women in that sense, right? But there does seem to be, you know, on average, a greater desire for women to date men who, who are a bit older or, or at least on the same age on par. And the great book, um, Dataclism, by the founder of OkCupid, he 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 verifies that with the data. Like women always look for, generally speaking, uh, someone their own age or above. Um, but why? That's the million dollar question. That no, because I I I don't think it would be hard to understand. I think we need to dig deeper into that. A lot of people will say things like, "Oh, men take longer to mature than women," right? And right. they'll be like, "Oh, that even happens in childhood." You can see that. Is that actually objectively, scientifically, data drivenly? true mm. or has patriarchy created a, sci- a society in which women have to mature right. quicker than men and the inverse and that men, men don't have, have to mature and men have the freedom to not be as mature right yeah. i wonder that and i think when women say um you know oh i don't want to date a guy who is younger than me because that's really unappealing you know maybe they can't afford to pick up the bill if you're that kind of person and you're oriented that way or maybe they don't have enough and experience to like engage in an intellectual debate with me whatever the reasons might be I think um, if you ask a woman a bit older yeah so let's say like a 60 year old woman would you like to date a younger man Mm. I'm going to be really crude now but she might be looking at 60 year old men and their physiques and their sexual performance and being like to be honest I wouldn't mind and let's face it when 60 year old men are looking around the room thinking about who they want their partner to be. They're looking at 60-year-old women and then they're thinking, I'd rather hook up with someone half your age. Right. Um, you know, I, 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 I Listen, I agree. And in the, I, I recommend everybody read the book Dataclism because he even shows that actually when women do hit an older age on average, that's when they start looking younger. So like, that's when they start looking for younger Because men's right. yeah, of course. equipment is yeah, faulty. You know, <laughs> everybody go vegan. <laughs> but, um, but you know what? The thing is, it's a Pandora's box and I'll explain why. Yeah? Once we start questioning people's romantic choices, we open up a can of worms in the sense that, okay, all of a sudden it's like, so why are people going for people of a certain height, of a certain ethnicity, of a certain thing? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it gets to the point where it's the one realm in the human society where we're still allowed, not even mystery. allowed. Mystery. It's not even mystery. There's an element where people are completely allowed to be politically incorrect and they don't have to justify their choices. So if some people are oh, going to be I like, like I will date somebody, I wouldn't date somebody who is not above six foot. I've heard that said a million times or hasn't got an income of a certain amount or yeah. is a certain ethnic background. Let's keep it 100. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? So then all of a sudden, if we're saying, okay, but why is that? And have you been socialized? And da 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 We can do that. We can, we can, and we can have that conversation and it probably isn't... Uh, 
it might be a welcomed one, but at the same time, it's like, I don't think everybody is going to want that conversation. True. Because all of us are like, I just want what I want and I don't want to have to justify it to anybody else. And as long as everyone's consenting, God bless. I listened to a really great podcast on the way here. Um, it's the CEO of, of Airbnb, Brian Chesky, talking to Kara Swisher on Recode. So essentially the background is is that uh, there was a, unfortunately a, a really bad incident at an Airbnb uh, listing where there was a house party and in the Bay Area, I think, and five people were shot and killed. So this has now forced Airbnb to essentially say, we're going to rethink our entire strategy around our listings. We're going to verify every single listing, which they mm. hadn't done up until now, because even me from the outside, I would be like, I don't know how economically that's possible. Yeah. One, um, they do verify certain listings, like the Lux and the Plus ones. But like, oh, right. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. The premium, but yeah. now they're going to be like, every single property is going to have to be, you know, um, verified. Someone's going to have to have a look, take the pictures, et cetera, et cetera. And then also on top of that now, they're going to have a helpline that's open at all times. Um, and the reason why I tell everybody to kind of like listen to the podcast is because he explains the transition in thought for, for Airbnb across the years and the transition in thought in Silicon Valley that hasn't really happened. So Airbnb is a marketplace. And he was saying that when we started off, a marketplace was kind of seen as, listen, we're not involved. We're just here to facilitate a transaction between buyer and seller. Anything else, it's all on you. We've got a review system. It's all on you, right? And when the first few bad things started to happen, they, were, they said, like, it's not our fault, essentially, right? We'll try our best and we're not going to apologize. Then eventually he realized that, yo, like, we've got to kind of apologize. And like, then they put in things like 50K insurance on it if anything does go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically was like, listen, when we did things where... It was against all the advice that I was given as a young CEO by all the older people. That stuff built trust within the platform and it helped us grow sustainably. It wasn't growth at all costs, but it was sustainable growth. So um, it's a sad, unfortunate incident, but I want to commend them for at least trying to do the right thing because I think so often, you know, growth at all costs has led to, you know, terrible consequences and there's no, there's no adults really thinking what can go wrong. Yeah. I know about house parties on Airbnb. Mm. They're popping off all the time. I'm surprised this hasn't happened earlier. I don't know. What do you think? You're an avid Airbnb user. I was going like, to say, are you going to start using Airbnb now? No. I like my oh, hotels, man. my five-star hotels, bougie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> no, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. No, I use Airbnb every now and then. Um, I, you know I love Airbnb and I, I, Brian Chesky is genuinely one of my favorite tech CEOs Seriously. because I just feel... It's not hard though, is it? <laughs> Ouch. do you know what that's so true that is so true i literally yeah that that the list isn't long uh no to be fair there's some good eggs out there there are good, some good eggs out there let's not hate too much but um what what i think is so cool about um his approach is how like brutally authentic it is i think yeah. it could just be because he is you know uh, a millennial he's from our generation he's from right. our time and he knows age mates he knows what we care about. He knows that if a messed up thing happens and he puts out some faceless corporate press release, right. that is going to lose the trust of the community he's taken a decade to build. Yeah. So he has to put his face out there. And, you know, we mentioned on the podcast before, he made the decision to not only be CEO, but be head of community because right. for him, he felt the two One are inextricably linked. And so I think it's great that he's done that. And also to John Kara Swisher, so because she, she you know, will yeah. not hold back. She's br- um, she's amazing. I think like two things which are just kind of like concerning. One, it's a shame that this had to happen mm. for them to feel it's imperative that they vet all properties. Right. Because at the same time, you know, if you are a community business and you care about the value that your users are getting out of it, you should care about that end to end. And I think, you know, like you said, you love going to hotels because you know that someone is literally inspecting yep. that bed, yep. turning it down before you go to sleep, leaving the chocolate on the pillow, checking the shower, the bathroom. You know, someone has... in 
uh, created a standard and of there's a quality. Recourse. If anything goes wrong, and I can just go down to the front desk and be like, "What's going on?" Where with Airbnb, it's like, "There's no who do I go to." There's no feedback a website, right? Like you're there. There's yeah. no choice. Boom. Yeah. Um. So I think like I, I feel like they should have been doing this already, basically, mm. and like it's good that they're doing it. And the second thing that I'll say is, in the product and newsletter this week, there was a theme around like surveillance or thinking about surveillance technology. And a survey found that one in 10 Airbnb customers had found hidden cameras in their property. Wow. But listen, if it was your property, you might be doing the same thing. <laughs> I'm, keeping it, I'm I mean, keeping it for real. I guess it depends where I'm putting the cameras. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, if I'm point. putting them I in front of yeah, you're right. my safe, because all my valuables are in yeah, there, yeah. fine. Yeah. If I'm placing it opposite the bed or in the shower or whatever nasty stuff, you're I don't right. know, then that's yeah. super messed up. So... The final point I want to make on this is Airbnb, great that you're doing checks. You probably should have been doing them for longer. And can you be scanning for hidden cameras while you are doing these quality checks? It'd be interesting to see how it affects their, you know, their bottom line because they're going to IPO soon and they're going to have to file, (gasps) you know, things. So like, is all of this, you know... Unit economics is going to be changing? Yeah. he, the way he was explaining it is that it's not going to it's not going to be easy and they're going to have to figure out a clever way it could be something as simple as like mystery shoppers and then you might get like a discount for yeah. the future you know uh, your own visits whatever so um but I think it's about time. I think the the whole concept now, the marketplace where it's a free for all, I think is is dead and buried now. So dangerous. I yeah. mean this is how Groupon got, you know, so messed up while I was working there like we scaled too quickly and then we just weren't vetting people well enough and then we were creating a horrible customer experience. And I think, I mean, every now and then BuzzFeed or someone will do an article about like, oh, look at this shitty Airbnb listing. And it'll be like, hey, sleep in like my trunk of my car. Here's a pillow. And we all laugh about it, but five people are dead. Yeah, it's not a joke. Um, but yeah, let's see how it plays out with the IPO in the near future. I'll be I'll invest, not going to lie. Uh, yeah, okay. All right, I'm an investor. By the way, we're not financial advisors. Please don't yeah. think you <laughs> say too seriously, please. <laughs> also, okay. I'm not investing yet. We've <laughs> <laughs> also got the live show coming up. We've got other things that we're selling. Live show. Yeah, I mean, the tickets probably will be gone by now, but <laughs> I just want to say like, whenever your friend is doing something, please don't ask them for discounts. Please don't ask them, oh. yo, where's mine? <laughs> Please don't say to them, yo, b- sorry, brother, Michael. Like, yeah, 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 can you just bring me in? Like, can I come for free? I'm like, bro, like, if you're going to go to the Apple store, to the next store, if you're going to go to Selfridges, if you're going to go to whatever, you know, bougie place and pay full price and not even try to haggle, then don't haggle with your friend who's trying to do a small business. Like, please don't do that. You know what I'm saying? If you don't want to support the product, I'd rather you not support. That's the only to go truth. It's just in general, like, right? Um, and I think we've got to shift the culture in, in that sense. Like, um, it reminds me, a friend of mine, we went to Uganda and he was trying to argue with the cabman for like over $1. And I just said to him, I was like, bro, go haggle with your oppressor. Don't come to Africa and start haggling. Like, <laughs> $1, like, but you don't want to haggle. You know what I'm saying? You don't don't want to haggle when we're in the Western society. Like, so I just, love that. Yeah, like, just go haggle with your oppressor. Why are you trying to haggle with the guy that who's most powerless in, in, a, in a different situation? So, and it's this mindset of like, oh, if it's a small enterprise, that means I have more, you know, ability to kind of negotiate, rare, rare, rare. But I'm just like, why? Like To me, honestly... I find that shit very rude and offensive. Right. I find that, like, I will, I will be blunt. If someone, first of all, pe- no one would ask me that. Yeah. Because they know. Not to mess with you like they that. They know not to mess with me. I'll come for them. But in all seriousness, we have to 
walk the walk as well as talk the talk. And there's no point in saying you support black owned businesses, you're doing it for the culture, whatever, if you're coming up to black business owners and asking for freebies. That's literally it. Yeah. That's literally no. it. Like don't don't tweet no. the marathon continues. Don't tweet for the culture. Don't tweet Put your you money know. where your mouth is. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be like, yo, can I get a discount? Like I get it if you're selling a five hundred pound product or a five hundred dollar product. But if someone's selling like a fifteen dollar mm. ticket or a twenty pound t shirt or mm. a twenty dollar t shirt just like, come on. You this know what is, so what we were saying before the show started was there is a large distance between people's mouths and their wallets. 100%. People put their mouth out there. Yeah. Ask them to bring the wallet. It's Head gone. Head scratch time. Head scratch time. It's gone. But that's a lesson as a, if you're an entrepreneur and you're like, I've got this product. I'm going to go around and ask people, would they buy it? Would they support it? Right. More times than not, they're going to tell you, yeah, especially if they love you and you know, your friends and family. But it's very different when you're like, I've got the product ready do you want to buy it now all of a sudden the tone will change in it so that's when you know whether you've actually got something if people are willing to give you the money even if it's a prototype even if it's an early stage product then you've got something if people are just saying they're going to give you money it means nothing it's meaningless that's it for this week hope you enjoyed that episode as always remember guys Techish is on Patreon and we'd love your support just search Techish on Patreon or patreon.com slash Techish peace